Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. First off, this is actually our 30th episode. 30 whole episodes. When we started, we weren't sure that we'd even have enough material for five, let alone 30. And now our list of topics keeps on growing. We've got plenty to come. To those of you who have been listening from the very beginning, thank you very much. For those of you who have picked it up along the way, please feel free to go back and check out some of those earlier episodes. Now, for the first 29 of those episodes, we've always recorded them with all the participants in the same place, including the two live episodes that we did for certain events. And when we normally record, we use some nice recording equipment to make sure that the sound quality is good and that we sound clear and crisp. One problem with this is that it limits our guests to those who are within physical proximity. There are, of course, ways around this. Some podcasts just record Skype phone calls and expect people to deal with the poor sound quality. And often I find that to be somewhat annoying. Another option is to have everyone on a computer-based call record themselves locally and then stitch the separate recordings together. This option is appealing, but involves a fair bit of work, enough that we've never actually tried to do it, though we may in the future. For today's podcast, our original plan was to use a new service out there called ringer.us that claims to do all of this for you, automatically recording callers locally and then magically stitching it together into a single file. In fact, we have been trying for the past hour or so to get this to work, and it hasn't. It hasn't worked at all. <laughs> we have run into all sorts of problems with poor sound quality, echoes, feedback, and more. So we're moving back to the more classic solution of Skype, the one that I said I didn't like so much before, but we are trying it out here, recording it on my computer via Skype, which means that the overall recording quality shouldn't be quite as clear as our usual ones. But in our testing, the quality via Skype was already much better than with just Ringer. Sorry, Ringer. Either way, for this podcast, we wanted to try and do it this way remotely in order to discuss whether or not we're reaching a point where proximity really doesn't matter as much. It's been one of those holy grails for years. Better communication uh, through technology, lessening the need for in-person interaction. Telecommuting is a viable option these days. In fact, I've never even met some of the people that I've worked with for years. But there is still something to the idea of actually being face-to-face -face and being able to interact that way. So for today's podcast, we'll use Skype and not Ringer to discuss whether or not we can reach an age where proximity won't matter as much and if we're really heading down that path already. Dennis, welcome back. Uh, <laughs> let's kick this off with, uh, with the big question of, of whether or not you still think face-to-face -face matters and uh, whether or not technology is helping to minimize the need for face-to-face. -face. Um, I mean, I think the answer to that question is 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, like, both of those things kind of are correct, right? Like, face-to-face still does matter. Um, the the communication fidelity that you get when you meet someone in, in person is is still vastly superior than, you know, over teleconference or telephone, um, instant message, all, all of the different kind of remote communication vehicles that we have today, none of them really still kind of, you know, comes close to what you get when you meet someone face-to-face, right? Yeah, even including video, right? Yeah, I mean, video is pretty good. Um, and, you know, the, I've been in some of those conference rooms that have, like, the, the wall of video, and that's it's getting there, right? And And you definitely, you know, are able to communicate with people. And I was frankly surprised at how rich, like, a video conference was, like, face-to-face. Now that you can see someone, you can see the nuances of, you know, the the nonverbal communication. But, you know, still being in person is, is better, right? Yeah. And that said, the other side of your question is, you know, is the technology making it better? I think it's also, it, you know, it's also yes, right? So it's like, it's kind of like, if you're able to meet someone face-to-face, I still much prefer meeting in person, right? Yeah. But the beauty of technology now is that we're no longer limited so maybe 80 percent communication with someone that's three thousand miles away is better than you know a 100 percent communication that's going to happen in in two days or three days right <laughs> yeah and i and i think yeah i mean i think that that feels sort of obvious right i mean I, you know i think even when you have like um, you know, and I've seen some of those giant teleconferencing, you know, like the half room. Right. Um, like you actually build like a half of a conference table yeah. and butt it up to the, to the screen. And then the other half of the conference table is built on the other side, you know, of the conference room, which, which is actually pretty, it's, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, so. no, it's, it's very, very cool, but it's still not the same. There's just something about, uh, you know, and whether or not like you like, shaking hands or or hugging people or whatever um there's still something about actually being physically present right yeah that's true i mean um you know and i can say definitely for for those developers that are you know into pair programming sitting with somebody around one computer and having one person typing and the other person just kind of navigating Mm -hmm. it's hard to replicate that experience um over a headset or even on a shared screen it's getting better yeah but there is something like you know pointing at the screen. You can use, yeah, sure you can use the mouse for that, um, but it's it's you know it's better. <laughs> I mean, yeah. do you do you think that like you know we're getting more and more of these these more immersive kinds of technologies, um, you know, like the like VR or Oculus yeah, or, yeah, exactly both of the the VR or the augmented reality kinds of things um, that really, you know, sort of take over all of your eyesight perception to some extent, you know, do you think that, that it could ever reach the point where, where that, that virtual, uh, (laughs) connection feels as, as close as, or, or, you know, instead of, instead of maybe 80% there or, you know, do you become 90% and then you're missing like smell, you know, (laughs) the person that's next to you, which in the case of, you know, 
some some experiences is probably <laughs> that could be yeah um though and and there have been efforts to uh to do smell digitally as well so you know stream, that, that streaming could, smell is not quite here yet but yeah well they're, they're they're trying they're trying but again i'm not sure that you would want that kind of fidelity <laughs> <laughs> some things are, are are best left not trimmed, so if we don't have to yeah um I mean, there's there's one thing to kind of discuss, and you know, this conversation in term, it naturally leads to kind of telework and like what that means. Right. Um, like I know with Tector, like we've been kind of a virtual organization since the very beginning, mm-hmm. and I think that that's very different. Like I've worked in both virtual organizations and in organizations in which I've been remote, mm-hmm. and I find them to be entirely different. Right. And. The big difference is that in a virtual organization, basically it's the, the entire team is virtual. So you're kind of forced into using the modes of communication that lend itself to telework. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like with, you know, working with you, um, everyone logs into the chat room every morning. Uh, this is before before the days of Slack. <laughs> right. You know, we, we uh, sort of made our own Slack. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone is very communicative over email and I am, and then if, if needed, you'll hop onto voice. Right. Right. Um, but actually pretty rarely, I think we we hopped onto even voice or very rarely used like video conference. Um, yeah. because instant message was so that was, that was the, the de facto method of communication in a virtual organization. Right. Right. Um, and I think organizations like automatic, you know, the, the folks who make WordPress, are also very good at this. That that's a virtual organization, and from what I hear, you know, the, the culture is very much virtual. So so it's you know to the extent that they apparently hold interviews um, remotely just to make sure that you know that's that's the office. So right. if you can't interview remotely, then you're not going to work well in that team. So um, you know, I'd love to chat with them at some point about how that works with them. Um, but I, I would kind of compare this to a remote work situation, which I did for a while, um, where I was the sole remote member of a team. Mm-hmm. And even though like I, I was like, I'm sitting here at my computer all day, just Skype me in or like just turn me on. <laughs> I actually had my own, I had another, I had a, my own computer there. I was like, just leave me on, you know, viewing the room and take me into whatever meetings that happen. And it was just so difficult. People forget to include you when you're not there. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's true. And, and I have seen, I mean, I have seen people talk about, you know, I mean, one of the wonders of things like Skype and, and other kinds of, um, you know, audio and video chats is, is the fact that you can just leave it on all day. And I've yeah. heard, heard stories of, of remote workers doing that so that they right. still have that audio connection, but it's still not the same as actually being there and, and you know, being yeah. a part of it. Um, I mean, they also have the the telepresence robots. Right. It's an iPad mounted on like a little you know set of wheels that you can drive around the office. Right. Which um, which Ed Snowden uses to show up at <laughs> various conferences. But, yeah, and it was it was in an episode of Modern Family, I think, a few weeks ago. So, uh-huh. um, you know that that technology is interesting as well, and I think that it can provide a real physical presence, and I and I. Do wonder if that would would have made a difference in my remote work experience if I could if you drive my <laughs> my little robot you know into a meeting and say like hey guys what's going on over here <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it still feels like 
Yeah. I mean, I, again, yes, I think that's better than than nothing or better than just, you know, asking someone to pick up a laptop and, and move you around. Yeah. Um, but it still feels like you would you would have some limited, you know, perception, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which which could be problematic. Right. I mean, there are there are senses that we we definitely are not replicating. You know, I think sight and sound are only two senses and I think I forget what the the latest count is but there's actually you know there's more than just just the the, the normal ones that we learned in school there's right. like yes. heat and scent and pressure and itching and <laughs> yes there's all sorts of different senses beyond beyond yeah. the the few that, that we were taught the five that we were taught but exactly um but then and then also you know there are some other oddities too where even sound works differently right um where, you know, when you're actually physically present, it's much easier to sort of um, focus what you're listening to right. and to, you know, say, okay, you know, don't sort of, you know, your your brain and your ears are, are pretty good at, at toning out, tuning out certain parts of, of a room and tuning into the stuff that you do want to hear. That becomes a little bit more difficult once it's first filtered through a computer microphone and into, into a pair of headphones. It's not quite this, the same, um, the same level. And so, you know, I've definitely heard of, of cases where people are, you know, virtually, um, you know, I, and so I am, so I had this experience not too long yeah. ago where I, there was a, a a meeting of a bunch of sort of you know internet freedom activist folks um, at a at a big conference and I couldn't mm-hmm. in, attend in person and so they asked asked me to attend via Skype or computer I forget which what app we used in particular um, and so I did it and and I sort of had that same issue where people were kind of moving around the laptop and <laughs> like hey can I look at something besides the ceiling or, or things like that but but the the really big problem was just I couldn't couldn't tell like you know who was talking when and where and when when you know people sort of broke out into different conversation like separate conversations around this big table right it, it was impossible for me to distinguish you know one conversation from another and i couldn't just focus in on the conversation that i was closest to um because all the sound was kind of coming in equally and so you know and, and there are obviously ways that you can deal with that Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to get a lot more sophisticated before before we can get there. Yeah, but so I mean, maybe VR would help if it were a truly immersive experience, and you could, you know, turn your head and and it's about it's also about focus, right? Like, yeah, um, being able to focus and engage and look at people. And the other thing I think is interesting is uh, when you're with somebody, the nonverbal cues kind of direct you when it's your turn to talk. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> um, if like all all of these pieces that are kind of communicated even through video, but are are lost. Yeah, no, totally. I think that makes a big difference. And in fact, you know, I was kind of wondering even how how this call would work. I mean, it's easier with two people, but I think if we had more than two people on like this this call, it becomes a lot more difficult when we're in a room and we're all recording together. We're making eye contact, and we know who wants to speak next, and you know, we see expressions on people's faces and it allows us to respond that way. Whereas, you know, on a call like this, we're, we're sort of going in blind and, you know, it's, so it's, it's definitely a lot trickier. Again, you know, I think it, it works okay with two people. I think it probably can be okay with three people, but I think if you get anywhere beyond that, 
it's it's nearly impossible. Yeah, um, but but I think the other on the other side is like then what you know the, what does this ability open an open us up to right? So in the case that we're not limited by physical location anymore, like we could probably bring guests in from anywhere now, right? Yeah. So <laughs> I mean that that has to be a huge advantage, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, and I would love to, and I think that we'll probably try and experiment with that at some point. Right. Um, you know, and we could probably do a mix of you know the three the three of us sitting in a room again, and then the guest on a computer, and we can try that probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, with the video feed, so we can try and get those nonverbal cues. Get at least some of the nonverbal cues. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 definitely worth trying. I just. Uh, I, I still find it, you know, I still find it interesting, especially in an age where, you know, the definitely, you know, remote working has become much more common. Um, and I and I do wonder, you know, if, you know, what new technologies are being developed to make that even even better. Um, and, you know, because it, it feels like to date, like the the, the improvements which have you know have definitely made it possible to do remote working and and telecommuting and and things like that um, are good, but it, it always it feels like they've just been sort of incremental improvements, right? Yeah, I mean, voice and video calling has been around for a while now. It's been getting a little bit better, but what's next? Right? Yeah, and that's why you know the 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 obvious leap, you know, next step would be the immersive VR kind of situation and. I mean, people have been trying that for years, but it has right. never really. But if I have to on. wear a VR headset in the office, does <laughs> that take away from me being physically like? Does it degrade the entire experience of working if everyone in your office has to wear a VR headset? <laughs> well, the question <laughs> is, do you have to wear it all the time, or um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, 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 yeah. Well, you know, and then it, it becomes a question of. You know, will the will the nature of VR headsets themselves change, right? I mean, you could you could imagine a world in the not too distant future where it gets whittled down into just the level of like a Google Glass or a contact lens right. or something like that. Right. In which I mean, was... I think the the vision of computing that was in in the movie Her uh, mm -hmm. was kind of an interesting one, where you know it becomes so natural and so ubiquitous, such that the computing hardware kind of fades away into the background right, right. um i think that was the i don't know if you remember that was a computer basically you, you sit at a desk and just start talking and it would interface with you because it was there was no mo there was no monitor there was no keyboard it's just sitting there talking right right um and that was kind of the the big shift from the old minority report view of the future which was the you know documents floating around in space kind of interface, which I think was the de facto sci-fi interface for a while. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but then there are things like Microsoft's HoloLens, right? Which oh, I, haven't, I haven't seen that. What's that? Oh, so that that's sort of, I, I, I want to say kind of going back to the, mm -hmm. the minority report documents floating in the air. Right. So it is, um, you know, kind of a it's it's augmented reality as opposed to virtual reality. Okay. Right. So it is you put on you put on these um, you know glass like right. uh, things and and everything appears in front of you and so you can call up 
whatever. You can still see the world around you, but you can also see additional things. Right. Um, and it's it is immersive, but also doesn't take you out of the real world that you're in. And so you could potentially see a world in which you know, when you want your colleague to appear sitting in front of you, they could appear, even if they're not really there. <laughs> and right, then, they right. could, then they could go away. And so, um, you know, or, but, you know, you know, at the same time, it also gives you all the advantages of, you know, having a, a computer screen <laughs> attached to your face <laughs> so that you can call up documents. So you could do document sharing, right. um, where literally you could have two people in, you know, remote parts of the world from each other, mm-hmm. um, you know, effectively feeling like they're standing around a table looking at the same document. So, you know, right, like, like right. what you were talking about with pair programming before or yep. something where you're, you know, if someone wants to point at the screen, you could conceivably, you know, I don't think the HoloLens is um, at that point yet. Right. But people are definitely thinking about it and we're developing the, the, the precursors for the technology that will allow that to happen. Um, right. And so that's, you know, I actually think that's pretty powerful um, and and kind of interesting, too, because it could change a lot of things. Um, you know, I, I'm sort of uh, infamous for people who, who know how I um, carry around my office in a bag, right. <laughs> um, which, you know, all too well, you know, with I have a, a separate portable screen um, <laughs> and a, a portable, a, a fold up ergonomic keyboard and a fold up mouse and, and all this stuff. And I can set up an entire workstation in, in a couple minutes. Um, and it's it's great for productivity because having like the two screens and all of that is just super helpful for me. Um, but, you know, you could picture a world where you know, you move to kind of a HoloLens world where the entire world is your screen. Right. Um, and then, you know, the whole concept of, you know, using a computer itself, you know, doesn't doesn't matter so much, whether you have a voice interface or a typing interface or some other kind of interface. Um, the fact that you can just put anything anywhere within your field of vision right. um, becomes very different. And, and then I could definitely see that merging with with the idea of you know remote workers and and creating a, a very different kind of right kind of world um i mean i suppose in in a world um in which we actually jack in <laughs> style or matrix style then that that's definitely the the ultimate level of telework but i feel like we're a little ways away from that <laughs> i think we're a ways away from from that but a year a year or two <laughs> yeah, at least. Um, but um, but you know, but but there are definitely you know things that are are, are making this more and more possible. Um, and you know, I mean, if you go back, honestly, like not that long ago, the idea of teleworking was still really kind of dismissed as as not being an effective idea. Right. Um, and yet today, you know, tons and tons of companies. Um, have have some sort of teleworking program, or you know, or or at least one that is you know partial teleworking or partial you know partial in the office, and yeah. so you know the idea of being able to interact remotely like that um, has certainly come a, a really long way, and I think sure. you know I, I, I mean yet yet as we've we've discussed in a previous you know podcast like areas like Silicon Valley locales that are very specific still have a lot of power right absolutely in terms yeah. of of growing companies and, and attracting talent so 
we're getting there, but it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's it's there. And if anything, I mean, I I don't know if it's actually the consolidation of these locales is like in what direction are the trends going? Is it actually consolidating more or not? Like I'm not sure. So. Yeah, but I you know I kind of wonder I kind of wonder if that is I mean, it, it feels like you're right that 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 is a contradiction, but I'm not sure because I think the mm-hmm. reasons why um, you know like Silicon Valley being a location where there's lots of engineers and, and lots of stuff happening is important right. is different than the question of teleworking, right? So so uh, there are, there are a few different things. There's a bit of nuance in there, right? Where sure. Um, you know, what's useful about Silicon Valley being Silicon Valley mm-hmm. is what you were talking about in that podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. So <laughs> we don't have to repeat ourselves. But uh, is the idea of like the serendipitous bumping into someone. Right. Um, and you have stories like that. And so, you know, that still works. But that's different than... Than telework. Than, you know... Yes and no, right? So there's still, like, the serendipitous of bumping into people at the office. Right. Um, which is important, but... Um, so are you saying that, I mean, the the loss of the water cooler? Um, like, how do we actually replicate that? Where you're just hanging out, grabbing a soda, talking to people, right, in an unplanned meeting? Um, well, I'm not I'm not saying that. I mean, that that is an issue that comes up. But, I, you know, I think that there are, there are some ways to replicate that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for us, we have a chat room called the water cooler. <laughs> yeah, and I, I actually have been invited to a few Slack um, groups lately that there's a, there's like a Silicon Valley product manager Slack right uh-huh. now where basically a ton of product managers are just gathering around in a all day chat room, just yep. kind of chatting about anything. Yep. And that's, I don't think it's very productive. I, I turned it on for about 10 minutes and it was just so much going on that I was like, I don't, this is just not. Yeah, it's not productive. Yeah. Um. So there, I'm not sure how to kind of replicate that hangout. You know. Yeah. Hanging and, out feeling. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I have the same thing where I, I've been invited to a few different. It's nowadays it's always slacks. Yeah. Um. You know, and, and one with a bunch of like um, music entrepreneurs. Yeah. And and it's the same thing where it's like, oh, this is great, and there's like all these great people from around the world. It's it's in fact. Not yep. not very American based at all. There's people from all over the world doing really interesting things in the sort of music tech space, um, and there are some interesting conversations. But it's, you know, I, I have I have a job to do every day, <laughs> and so I can't hang out with those people. Like these are people that I like to you know see when I go to a yeah. conference and hang out with and get a drink with or get dinner with when I go to a conference. But yeah. um, but I'm almost tempted to write a bot to listen to the chat room and then if there's anything interesting it would kind of ping me and say hey well slack lets you <laughs> slack lets you do keywords right that will right. that will ping you that will ping you yeah um, um and that's handy but not not quite <laughs> the same i mean you could i'm sure you could make a more sophisticated bot yeah. um but you know, I I, I just I, I think it's interesting, and I I actually yeah, I mean it hadn't been the point when I when we started this, um, but but I as we discussed it, I mean I do think the idea of the more immersive worlds um, could create something much more interesting. Um, yeah, it, I mean once you can actually hang out with people in a just a casual setting. 
Yeah, but then then it you know it raises the other issues of when and how, right? I mean, so the problem that we're right. both discussing with kind of these Slack chat rooms is the fact that they're always on, and yeah. and pretty quickly people realize like, you know, I like these people and I like to talk to them in in like you know particular settings, but I I they're not it's not my day job, and right. so I can't be doing that all the time, um, and so that creates a challenge, and so I think you would have that same challenge with sort of the immersive things. And, you know, people have tried to do things where they do like virtual conferences, which are sort of immersive experiences like that, you know, but for a limited period of time. Yeah. And, you know, most of them just don't seem to work at all um, for a variety of reasons that that are, feel pretty, you know, sensible. Nice. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I kind of wonder if we do get to a world where we are more used to experiencing immersive worlds on a regular yeah. basis if that suddenly becomes a more reasonable thing to to do yeah i mean it's it in order for a truly virtual conference to work it would almost have to be like everyone signs on to a system and then randomly you're put into groups of <laughs> three or four people and you can talk for and you have like three minutes to discuss and then you get shaken up again you get randomly inserted into another group and like speed dating, but for conferences. Yeah, that might be that actually might be kind of a weird slash fun, <laughs> probably more weird. You know, you know, there's there's one element to this which you know yeah. we we sort of um, accidentally touched on when talking about the water cooler, which is you know so much of that kind of interaction actually tends to happen over over food, you know, yeah. food and drinks. People get coffee or get yeah. lunch or things like that, and you know. Until we figure out a way to to eat virtually, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that element may always be be missing to some extent. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So now we just got to figure out how to make food virtual, and I'm not talking about crazy things like Soylent or right. <laughs> whatever whatever other ideas. Or I think are. I think there was food in Second Life. I, I'm I'm not quite sure, but I don't know. They, I... they probably tried it. Yeah. Yeah, it's still not not the same thing, not the same thing. But anyways, uh, I think we've uh, driven this <laughs> about as far <laughs> as it's gonna go. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it's an interesting interesting thought process, interesting thought experiment, and um, and an interesting real experiment where we do this remotely. Um, I'm I don't intend to make this a habit that we'll do all the time, but we may do it some of the time and and if it works out well and if the quality is okay which we'll judge after we've finished this um you know maybe we can start to experiment with having you know bringing in some some folks from the outside who aren't necessarily sitting right there with us and uh and we can have some some fun with uh some guests to the podcast who are not in san francisco at the moment but um you know it'll be interesting to see how the how the technology evolves um, yeah. Do you, do you have any any sort of final thoughts on, on remote? Anything? I mean, I think you know, for for this experience, recording a podcast with everyone in the same room is, I would, I'm going to say, you know, ten times, a hundred times better than doing. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. now that now that you've listened to thirty minutes of this podcast, we're telling you this one kind of this sucks. One. <laughs> This one, this one's only about five percent as good as as all of our other ones. But too late, you already listened. So, and thank you for listening. Thank so. you for suffering through this this horrible experience. <laughs> no, it is it is definitely like this yeah. is you know I 
I always enjoy talking to you, Dennis, but but <laughs> this is it's not as nice and not as much fun as, as doing it in person. I think I think it it's yeah, and it's not just a sound quality thing. It's right, right. You know, it's, even, yeah. and even though we are recording just the sound, yeah, so, yeah. kind of kind of strange to say that, but yeah, yeah. just just the interaction being like you know just eye contact and and facial expressions and things like yeah. that and and just just actually yeah being present makes makes a real difference and and it feels different in the aura of Maznik. <laughs> that is not even slightly <laughs> what i was implying or trying to say <laughs> but, but on that note i think we're going to end this one um and we should be back next week um i have no idea what we're going to be talking about i have a few ideas trying to figure out which one we're going to go for but um we will try and do it back in person um and uh perhaps with with hirsch back again he's been away or perhaps with a guest or perhaps with both of them we will we will have to see but uh thank you once again for listening for uh hopefully checking out all 30 of the podcast so far and we hope to be here for many, many, many more. So we'll be back next week. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you, Dennis, for doing this experiment with me. And sorry we wasted about an hour beforehand <laughs> experimenting with other technologies. But it's all fun. Sounds good. All right. See you next week. Bye. The truth will set you free.